You're listening to audio from Trinity West Seattle. For other resources, more information about this sermon series, or to connect with us, visit our website, www.trinityws.com. We stand as you are able for this morning's reading, which is out of Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thanks, Brian. I'm going to pray as we get started. Father in heaven, we come before you now just seeking to invite you and your presence here with us to speak to us, to remind us that you're here, to transform us, that we might become people of Advent joy. We pray that you would do this work as we read the story about Joseph and Mary and we see the work that you've done in their lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if you ever feel dissatisfied in life. And I guess I shouldn't even say it that way because I don't wonder. I know that you, at some point, feel dissatisfied in life, and and the reason for that is because it's a normal experience living in a broken and fallen world. Not only are we less likely to experience the joy and satisfaction that we desire, we are also prone to seeking joy and satisfaction in the wrong places. And I'll give you a quick story of how I've done that in my life. Uh, can still remember the anticipation of this one Christmas, I think I was 11, if I remember correctly, and I was getting my first video game system. The original, guys, Game Boy. <laughs> Isn't it glorious? I mean, <laughs> that's, I, I knew that this was going to make me happy, because, I mean, look at it. It's got a dot matrix screen. It's not just black and white, it's black and green. I mean... 
how much more happiness can you get out of this thing, right? I had Tetris, I had Super Mario Land. I didn't have to go to my friend's house anymore to play video games. I could, I could, I didn't have to go anywhere. In fact, I had those video games right there with me at all times. It could come with me anywhere I wanted to go. And in fact, a few days after I got this that Christmas, our family took a group from our church on a tour of Israel. And guess what came along? You guessed it, the, the Game Boy. It came with us, and, and I played that thing on the airplane. I played that thing in our hotel rooms, on our tour bus. I mean, we would even stop at some of the most incredible and significant biblical sites all throughout Israel. And guess what I had with me right there? I had that Game Boy. I, I barely looked up. <laughs> and you know why I barely looked up? is because then I'd stop being happy. So I had to keep on working on that Game Boy. And this all went really well, in my view at that time anyway, until one of our last days in Jerusalem. And we were getting ready to leave, and we had all of our suitcases and our bags piled up in the hotel lobby, and we were waiting and waiting and waiting for our tour bus to come and pick us up. And man, I was not happy. And so what did I do? I, I, I reached down to grab my Game Boy, and you guessed it, it was gone. Somebody had come and stolen that Game Boy right out from under me, right there. All my games were gone. My extra power supply and all those batteries, they were all gone, and my happiness was over. And the reason why I'm telling this story, I think it's a pretty great story, but there's a, there's a main reason why I'm telling you it, because even as adults, all too often, we see happiness and joy in just as shallow of a way as I did with my Game Boy. Can we just acknowledge that? Amen? We really believe deep down that having something, whether it's a house or a car or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or another drink or a second serving of dessert or that promotion that we've been waiting on at work, we really believe that if we have that thing, it will make us happy. And so we chase after circumstantial happiness, one thing after the next, and every single time we come up short. Come up short every time. Because in so doing, we we're seeking joy and satisfaction in the wrong places. And so... If this is what we should expect to experience living in this broken and fallen world, how do we actually find the joy that we are seeking? How do we become people of joy? And the answer is we find Advent joy when God is with us. We find Advent joy when God is with us. So, so when we chase and chase and chase and chase after these things, what we really want what we're really longing for is God himself. Only God can satisfy our souls. And what we're really longing for is that relational connection, that relational joy of God being with us. And Jesus is God with us. That's what we read in the story that, that Brian read for us earlier. And I'm going to reread that to remind us of what it said. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, 
she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So I'm going to pause there for a second. Why is it that this angel tells Joseph to not fear to take Mary as his wife? Why? Because Joseph was afraid. That's why. And for a good reason, because here it says that Joseph was a just Man, that meant that he lived in the righteousness and justice of God, that he did what was right in all of his dealings. And here he is, a good Jewish man, betrothed to Mary. And in modern day terms, that's somewhere kind of between engagement and marriage. He's betrothed to her. But before he and Mary are officially wed, before they came together, it said, before they consummated the marriage, he finds out she's pregnant. And now Joseph is not stupid. He knows where babies come from, right? He knows what's up. And in his mind, there's only one possible way that Mary is pregnant. And so the right thing for a Jew to do with a wife who had been unfaithful was to divorce her. But look at how righteous Joseph was. Look at how just he was. He wants to divorce her, it says, quietly, Because if he does it loudly, Mary would be cast out of society. She could potentially be forced into prostitution. She could even be stoned to death. And so Joseph was afraid, and rightly so, of what would happen. And fortunately, before Joseph is able to act on his plan that he's scheming up, God works to intervene, and and God works to involve Joseph in his plan. And this angel reveals that Mary is carrying the Messiah and that his name would be Jesus, which literally is Yeshua or Yahweh saves. Think God saves. That's what Jesus' name means, it tells us. And any good Jew who gets that message to name their kid God saves and he's going to save his people from their sins is going, hold on, only God can save people from their sins. Sin is a violation, a betrayal of our relationship with God. And so the only way for that to be uh, undone, that the effects of that brokenness and that betrayal is for God to come and reconcile us. So how could this be? How could this human Messiah save? And it says, that which is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. That's the answer. God himself would be the Messiah. God himself would save us. No need to fear, Joseph. It's okay. It's okay. Mary is a virgin still, the angel tells him. And Matthew tells us that this was actually promised 700 years earlier in the remainder of this passage that we read. Verse 22, all this took place 
to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, that's the prophet Isaiah, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Don't forget that. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had, that means he, they did not consummate the marriage, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph was a just man, and as such, he was hospitable to the work of God. He believed God, and he acted on that belief. Why? Because he was waiting for the Messiah to come and save his people. And the way that the Messiah would do it was by being with us, it says here. By being with us. Coming to live with humanity as a human. Emmanuel, God with us. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Our minds cannot wrap themselves around this truth. Fully God fully human. This is what it means that God is with us. And this is the reality that brings us into Advent joy, lasting joy, eternal joy, not fleeting happiness like with my Game Boy earlier, okay? Now, I've spoken about Joseph quite a bit here, but what I want to return to actually, and this is going to bring us to the next part, is the present circumstance that Mary finds herself in. I want you to think about this for a second with me. As I said, at first glance, this pregnancy is not good news for her. She could be, again, cast out of society. She could be forced into prostitution. She could be stoned to death. So yeah, that doesn't seem really good. Not good news for her. And yet... In Luke's gospel, not only does she prove to be a willing participant in God's plan, but she recognizes that though this pregnancy could cause her great sorrow, it actually brings her great joy. Why? Because it's Emmanuel. It's God come to be with us. And before he's even born, before God was with us in any obvious way, right, He was with Mary, and her response shows us that we find Advent joy when God is with us. Let's look at Luke 1, verses 46 through 55. Mary had joy because God was with her, and Mary said, she's just encountered her her cousin Elizabeth, and uh, she bursts out into song after her cousin learns of the news that she's pregnant with the Messiah. She, Mary bursts out into song. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul meditates on Him and His goodness. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown great strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. 
He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to His offspring forever. So before Jesus is even born, Mary is filled with such joy that she bursts into this song. Why? Because God was with her. And think about this for a minute. Mary had a unique reason to celebrate, didn't she? Totally unique. She's the only person in all of history who got to carry the Son of God in her womb. Think about that. How incredible that would be. She's the only person who can say that she gave birth to God incarnate. Who knows? Maybe Jesus even shares some of her DNA. I don't know how this whole thing worked. Uh, and, And to this day, he would be sharing some of her DNA if that's true. And so all generations, she says, will call her blessed. This is special. This is unique. But in many ways, the same joy that she has is available to everyone, to you and to me, to all people, and for the same reasons that she is joyful. She has joy because God was with her. Did you notice how nearly everything that she celebrated in these verses is something that is true about God and therefore can be true for anyone? Look at what she says. She says, he who is mighty has done great things. That's not not specific to Mary. She says, holy is his name. That's, That's for everyone to know. His mercy is for those who fear or revere or honor Him from generation to generation, she says. These are things that are true for all generations, for all peoples. And she says, He has humbled the proud and the powerful. He's exalted the weak and the humble, beginning in verse 51. Mary's a great example of Him exalting the, the weak and the humble as a poor teenage girl, essentially a lot like a single mom in this case. And she says he's faithfully carried out all of his promises of redemption to Israel and to all of Abraham's offspring. You go, whoa, 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 what are we talking about? Abraham's offspring for? What are we talking about? These are in her day, the Jews, but because of Jesus, this now includes all people groups, all ethnicities, not just Jews any longer. Anyone who is in the family of faith God has brought into that family. And all of this amazing work that God has done that's bubbling up into joy in Mary is summed up in the phrase, God with us. All of these things are just signs of God being with us. All of why Mary had joy was because of God with us. Because she remembered that God had been with us, with with his people, that he had been faithful to Israel, to his people all along. And she's recounting all of these ways, all of these stories are running through her mind as she's doing that. And we can then therefore have Mary's joy because God is with us. In fact, joy is a person, someone reminded me this week, and joy is Jesus because Jesus is joy incarnate. Earlier, we saw that the angel said to Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from, his, from their sins. And the, 
Joseph should call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel is also Yeshua. In other words, God with us is also God saves. God himself came to save us. He came to meet humanity in the sorrow and the death that our sin has caused. He came to experience what we experience. He came to suffer what we suffer. To show that He's not a God who stands coldly off in the distance pointing a finger at His broken creatures, His broken image bearers. He's the God who took on a body in order to renew each one of us, body and soul, and He did it not by means that anyone could have ever expected but in unbridled love, in an unbridled joy, he poured himself out in his death on a cross and in his powerful resurrection. And now, friends, God is with us. And so if you're not a Christian today, I want to invite you to know God being with you. And the way that you do that is by turning away from your life of sin, turning away from living an autonomous life where you get to be the Lord of everything, and turning to Jesus as your Lord, turning to Jesus as the one who's going to save you from your sins. And when you do, you get to experience the joy of God being with you. If you want to talk more about what that looks like, I'd ask you, come and talk to me after service. I'd love to talk with you about becoming a Christian. If you are already a Christian, though, I want to invite you to recognize that God already is with us. He already is with you. God is with you like He was with Mary. Not that you're pregnant. Uh, you know, with the Messiah or anything. <laughs> but He's with you. He, if you're a Christian, He dwells with you. Whether your circumstances are wonderful and everything that you wish they were, or your proverbial Game Boy just got stolen, okay? Whether anything in between, God is with you. And so the joy of His presence is with you. Here's what I mean. I want to just kind of illustrate this for a minute. Imagine yourself later on today. Think about what you're doing later on today. What are you doing later on, say, this week? Maybe today you're watching the Seahawks game or the 49ers game. (laughs) Uh, Or you're standing later this week, you're standing in the snack aisle at the store. Or... You're scrolling on your phone. I'm sure you can imagine yourself doing this this week, right? Or maybe you're at work. Or maybe you're scrolling on your phone at work, right? (laughs) Or maybe you're changing a diaper. Or maybe you're talking with one of your neighbors. Or maybe you're, let's be honest, it's the holidays. Maybe you're arguing with one of your family members, right? Or maybe you're hanging out with some really good friends, Do you know that when you do, God is with you? Do you recognize that? Do you believe that? Do you know that in any one of those circumstances that I just listed, you can have joy because God is with you? Do you really believe it? Does your life show that you 
believe it? Or do you believe in that caricature of God that, that He's somewhere off in the distance, far away, pointing a finger at you and frowning? Have you forgotten the length that He went to in order for you to know Him? Have you forgotten how much He wants you to know the joy of His presence? Friends, God is with us. Our Creator took on human flesh so that we could know Him and live with Him. He's here. He's here in this room right now as we come together to worship Him. He's here when we talk with Him in prayer. He's here when we listen to Him in His Word. He's here when we know uh, the joy of His Holy Spirit's presence within us. He's He's there when we share common life with Him in fellowship with other Christians and we get to walk with each other. He's he's with us when we get to serve others and go out into our workplaces and our communities and share Him with others. He is with us and He will be with us for all eternity. You know, Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. God makes known to us the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, being with God, that's what that means, are pleasures forevermore. The joy that we find in Him will one day be pure, uncorrupted, by sin, untainted. Our present circumstances will be renewed and be made whole. Our bodies will be renewed and be made whole. Our hearts will be renewed and be made whole. The fullness of joy that He has, the fullness of joy that He is, the joy that He gave Mary and that Mary gave us a glimpse of will be with us forevermore. Can you imagine it? And that is the joy that we get a foretaste of today because God is with us. A couple of community group questions if your groups are meeting this time. In what ways are you chasing joy right now and coming up short? Where are you seeking it apart from God? In what ways have you experienced joy in God's presence? Let me pray and we'll respond to him together. Father, we thank you for this story of Mary and your birth in your son and the way that we can recognize that, God, you have come to save us. You have come to be with us in ways that we could have never dreamed of or imagined. We thank you for that, God. And we pray that this truth would transform our lives. That in all of our circumstances, both good and terrible, that we would recognize your presence with us and the joy that we find only in you. And we pray right now as we respond to you, as we sing to you, as we receive of communion, that you would draw our attention to your presence here among us that we might celebrate the joy that you give to us in Jesus. Amen.
You've been listening to audio from Trinity West Seattle. For more information about our services or to connect with us, visit our website, www.trinityws.com. Thanks for listening.